Burton. Oh, Zach Burton here. That's a great get. Uh, looking forward to having a chat to Zach after what was a phenomenal weekend in Sydney. In fact, let's relive one of his Group 1 wins on Artorias. At Imperatrice, race the length clear from Electric Girl. Then came Golden Mile from Converge, Kerwin's Lane, but Imperatrice, a length and a half clear. Artorias is bursting home late. Imperatrice in front. Artorias! Wow, Artorias bombed her and won the Canterbury Stakes right on the wire. So Artorias beat Imperatrice, third between Electric Girl, Golden Mile, then Cascadian. What an unbelievable win it was by Zach Purton as Matty Nevitt joins uh, Matty Stewart and myself out here and we'll take you through the rest of the day. But uh, Zach, congratulations. Uh, when you landed in Sydney for your two Group 1 rides on Saturday, did it go through your mind that you might be heading back home with both Group 1s under your arm? No, definitely not. I, I knew I had one solid ride in Artorias, but as we know, he, he can be a little bit tricky, so I had my work cut out a little bit there, and, and I thought Communists might have been a little bit outgraded in the Randwick Guineas, but, um, you know, I was proven wrong, and thankfully so. Hey, Zach, um, we had a lovely chat to Sam Friedman this morning, and he's not an easy horse, uh, Artorias, and some jockeys have had a bit of experience on and get a bit of a negative mindset about what they think he may do in the run, and he said... He thinks the fact that you had a clean slate and a clear impression probably assisted. I just want to play a little grab from Sam Friedman about the importance of your engagement on Artorias. Yeah, very important. I mean, he's obviously one of the best in the world and, and knew his job. And I think not even having a sit on the horse before, you know, helps because some jockeys have had a sit on him and they, you know, they might get a bit sick of the way he is and it's a bit of hard work for him and they, they know what he's like and they get a little bit um, sour on him. And I think Zach having a, you know, fresh hands on him and, and obviously coming to Sydney and having a point to prove he was really, you know, there to do something and do a job and, and did it perfectly. Did you feel, Zach, that the less you knew, the better about this tricky horse? Uh, not really. I, I was happy that I was I was quite informed uh, with what the horse is, is like, actually. I'd spoken to some of the jockeys that have previously ridden a horse and they gave me a bit of an understanding of him and I'd uh, heard and, and read about things that, was, that had been said about the horse in the media and then obviously went back through and watched his replays. So I certainly felt like I, he was a horse that I needed to know um, about to a certain degree, but maybe the fact that I hadn't ridden him, like Sam said, I, I didn't have those uh, the prior um, feels or, or negative thoughts about him. I, I went there um, with a clear... Uh, plan of attack, knowing exactly what I wanted to do, but I haven't hadn't had that chance to try and execute it before. So uh, it, it was a fresh approach for me, and, and maybe that was the difference. Zach, it's Matt Nevitt here. Congratulations on your couple of Group 1s there in Sydney over the weekend. Uh, I think most Australians were happy to see you back riding here. Probably the uh, fellow jocks in this uh, Sydney jockeys room, maybe not so much. Um, just on Artorias, so uh, the point about you know the tricks that he does have and, and all of that, what were some of the things that you actually noticed when you were on his back? What, what, what were the first things that you noticed? The first thing I noticed is he's a beautiful horse. Um, you know, secondly, he's got a little bit of an awkward head carry, uh, which is obviously why he has the blinkers on and then they put the visor on him uh, there on the weekend to try something different. But when I was going to the gates, I, I did notice the more I tried to push him, the higher his head come up. Um, so he's a horse that may resent being bullied a little bit, although uh, in my mind that was what I was going to do to him. I, I was having, I was going to have to try and stand over him and try and bully him, um, and he, he maybe he's gotten away with that previously. Uh, but 
uh, maybe maybe be running into a big, bigger bully on the day. Hey, the the whooshka factor you get you got with Artorias the last say furlong. Uh, you've ridden some of the the really good horses of Hong Kong in recent years, and then before that here and anywhere else in the world as well. That. Let down speed that he's got for that um, for that two hundred meters is that as is that as quick as they go? Oh, it was electric. Yeah, horses don't go any faster than what he went that last two hundred meters. And you know, in some respects, he was probably entitled to to sprint as well as he did because he, he hadn't done a lot of work up until that point in time, and I had to wait for the run to present itself. So when it did present, I had a relatively fresh horse to be able to to do what he did but he's also got to have the ability to be able to do that we've seen time and time again that he can reel off those sectionals he has got that turn of foot and that's what enabled him to win that race Hey Zach uh, obviously the other group one was the, the Ramwick Guineas and the performance of Communist surprised many people um, did it surprise you how well he went on the weekend? It did a little bit uh, I went into the race thinking you know, I was hopeful that I could be some type of chance um, but it was a strong race. And the thing that helped us, I think, is that we had a lovely barrier, a perfect barrier for us in a race that matched really well for us. So he was able to get out of the gate and put himself into a comfortable position without having to do any work, without having to be pushed or pulled. Uh, and the tempo of the race really suited him. He was in a lovely rhythm the whole way. Uh, when we got to the 600-metre mark, it was like he knew it was time to go. All of a sudden, he started to try and get up on the bit. And he wanted to put himself into the race. I just had to ask him to wait a little bit longer until we got into the straight, and then he wanted to tow me into it again. So he was there um, to win the race. He was well prepared. He was in a good frame of mind, uh, and he, he won the race fairly comfortably, I thought. Zach, the big question is, what's next for Zach? And uh, we spoke to you a couple of weeks ago uh, about the slightly awkward situation uh, that the jockeys were having with the iron-fisted rule, you might say, of Mark Van Gessel, and I know there was probably an opportunity where you were going to have a chat with him, and I think you probably felt afterwards that probably a participant um, sort of, uh, not waging war, but sort of instructing the chief steward in some ways, probably not the right way to go, but what, how do you feel now about your future in Hong Kong, and how much more likely is it that, um, particularly with that in the background, or what I just mentioned, that you, you, that you will make the big move back to Australia? Yeah, probably after the weekend and being back in Australia, I really enjoyed being back there. It was great to see family and friends again. I got a lovely reception at the races, not just the, the jockeys in the room, but everyone that was there. It was a beautiful, warm day with lovely weather, and obviously I was able to play golf as well. And it just felt really nice to be home. It felt really comfortable. Uh, but, you know, we, we do like Hong Kong. We love the culture here. Um, we've been here for a long period of time. We are comfortable here as well. Our kids like it. Uh, the racing good. Uh, we enjoy the social aspect of it. So it's not an easy decision for us to make. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm at a point now where I've, I've probably done, or I have done everything that I can do uh, in Hong Kong, except break uh, maybe the all-time win record, uh, which is at 1,816. So if I want to go for that, I think beyond this season, it will take me about another 18 months. So I need to decide whether I've got the want and the will to want to do that, um, or if I feel like moving back home where it's uh, it, it's a fresh challenge um, and it's going to stimulate me more than, than being here, I've got to I've got to try and work that out. So at the moment, I'm having a dis- discussion with the club 
to try and uh, find some middle ground to see if they can give me a little bit more flexibility, being able to travel um, a little bit more. Um, and that's a decision that they need to make. Uh, I, I need to understand uh, what they're willing to offer me. And then once I get a, a, that clear indication from them, then I can make a, a more informed decision from my side of things. So nothing uh, has been decided yet. And I, I can't say I'm leaning more towards moving back to Australia or staying here in Hong Kong. I'll just, uh, And I'm not in a hurry to make a decision at the moment either. So I'll just let that play out and we'll see. Uh, at the end of the day, I've, I've always gone with what my gut tells me to do. And at the moment, it can't make up its mind. So I'll have to sit and wait until it works out uh, where it wants to be. Does that mm. produce a stomachache? If you've got an indecisive <laughs> gut, what sort of physical reaction does that give you? Yeah, it does. It does because it, it, it is a big decision um, and there's a lot on the line. So, uh, and it won't just be my decision. I'd, obviously, I'll talk to my wife. She'll have something important. She'll, uh, that- she'll have a large, large influence on where we go as well. Um, so, we'll, we'll see. I'm not sure what uh, lies ahead for me. Hey, Zach, I know, obviously, most people regard you as one of the very best jockeys in the world. Some would regard you as the best jockey in the world. So, in a lot of ways, you don't have anything to prove. But did you feel like when you came here over the weekend that, you know, with the book of rides that you had, they weren't the most amazing um, rides of all time, um, that you, you, you had a little bit of a, a point to prove to, to remind Australians just how good you were? Did it, did it feel nice to provide that reminder over the space of about an hour's riding? I didn't go there thinking that that was the case. Um, I'm comfortable with the decision I've made to base myself here in Hong Kong and, and do what I've done over here. So I don't feel like I need to prove myself anywhere. Uh, obviously, I was happy to get the opportunity. I wasn't happy, all that happy with the rides I had, and I made that very clear to my ma- manager. I, I don't walk across here to Sha Tin on a Sunday and ride horses at you know, 20 and 25 to 1. So why would I go halfway around the world to ride those horses? So in future, I've told him he won't be taking those rides again. If they're not competitive, I don't want to be on them. I don't need the practice. But um, I, I don't feel like I needed to prove anything. I, I think I'm comfortable with what I've achieved. And, you know, I, I believe my legacy is already set. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, people will have their opinion on how they perceive me as, as a rider and whether they think I'm good at what I do or, or whether they think I'm overrated and whether they, they think I'm uh, a big fish in a small pond, well, they're entitled to whatever their, their opinion is and, and I don't begrudge anyone of that. Um, but if, if you ask me how I feel about my career, I'm, I'm very comfortable and, ha- and happy with what I've been able to, to achieve and do. Sounds like being your manager could be a bit of a roller coaster ride from times uh, from time to time. Hey, just a couple of more small ones. Um, Marira out Bowman in has that been almost a, a hand in glove replacement? As great as Joe Marira was and has been and still is, so is Hugh Bowman. Is is it been a a lovely swap uh, that's benefited Hong Kong? The Bowman factor. Oh, for sure, and and we need riders of his caliber here. Um, you know, we've got some of the best jockeys from all parts of the world here and Huey's been a great addition uh, to our roster and uh, I think Huey's riding uh, better now than what he probably has the last five or six years and and that's 
one of the things that I can see that he might have been a little bit bored in Australia doing what he was doing. He's been doing it for so long and he comes to Hong Kong, which is fresh and a new challenge and it's lit a fire in him and it's excited him and, and I can see that in him and, and he says that himself as well. So I'm thinking maybe if I go the other way, maybe I will have that fire lit in my belly. But um, it's good to have him here. Uh, he rides a different style to what Joe rode. He rides a different style to what I ride. And he rides a style that generally hasn't been that successful here in Hong Kong. But that's the way he rides. It's the way he's always ridden. He's been always been a lovely, patient rider. Uh, that gets his, gives his horses every chance. He gets them well-balanced. He doesn't panic. He waits for the runs to present. And he likes to obviously be strong late. Um, and he's had great success so far here doing that. And, and um, I can't see why it's not going to continue for him. It's funny you mentioned that Hugh's given you some of those insights into that he was going through the motions a bit, and I think that reflected in a, a few of the, you know, even stewards' incidents and so on, and, and, and some backlash in Sydney. I remember when Black Caviar retired, Tony Hayden, the foreman for Peter Moody, said that a, a Black Caviar hangover swept over the stable. No one knew quite what to do with themselves, and, you know, like climbing Everest. And I wonder whether with Hugh Bowman, and I don't know whether you've ever experienced this as well, but I don't think so, because you're more of a consistent... Uh, high achiever in that sense, but the the winks hangover with Hugh Bowman. There may have been just a a period where he where there was an inevitable sort of slide from the top of the mountain, sort of emotionally, even after the winks. Yeah, I, c- I could imagine that that would have taken a lot out of him. Um, you know, the media commitments, the, the pressure going into all of those races, the the public support, um, and doing it over the, the the long period of time that he did that does drain you and does take a lot out of you. Um, here in Hong Kong, it's a little bit different because we're under so much more pressure every single race, every single meeting, that you you just get used to being under that, that constant microscope. And obviously, I rode Beauty Generation, who was not to the same degree as Winks. Uh, but once he retired, I didn't feel like I went through a, a period where I missed him. I was... I was moving on to the next horse and the next challenge and and trying to look forward instead of looking back. So I don't know, mate. It could be different in other parts of the world. And, and you know, we've seen with Tom Quilly with Frank, or he's hardly had a ride since. So um, it affects everyone differently, and uh, that, that might have been the case. Uh, I suppose it depends at what stage of your career you're at as well. If you're getting towards the end and you've reached such high highs that all of a sudden you're coming down off that peak and you're, you're looking and thinking, you know, that's never going to happen again. I, I don't have long to go. And I, I don't know. I, you would be the best one to answer that question. But, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's certainly, from, from what I can see, it certainly looks like he's found his mojo again. Hey, Zach, last one from us. Uh, when the riding career is all done and dusted, do you see yourself training? No, I don't. My wife wants me to train, and she's telling the club here and all the owners when we go to dinner and lunch that I'm going to train one day. Uh, I think she's just trying to leave the door open. She likes horses. She likes being in the stables. She likes riding them and all that sort of stuff. So it's more more something that she wants to do than what I want to do. I, I've, I'm happy getting off the horse and sending it back to the stable and letting the trainer and the staff look after it, care for it, do all that. And then, don't get me wrong, I love the horses as well, but... Uh, 
for me, it's, it's convenient getting off the horse and, and walking away from it. Going, do, going to play. Do a Mark Zara. And not, not have to worry about what's happening in the stable. Mark Zara's dream is to open a little bar in Corfu or somewhere <laughs> like that and sort of just sort of hang around and mix with the locals. That's that's more of a Perton future, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that sounds great to me. I have no problem whatsoever in coming and, and uh, paying for a few drinks at his bar. Hey, Zach, appreciate your time today. Well done with the couple of group ones you scored there over the weekend. It was great to see you back here riding in Australia and riding so well. For our sake, hopefully we get to see more of it. Appreciate your time. Thank you.